You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Raw Talk with Sheena this week. My terminology and my voice is already being affected by what I can feel is a really high frequency in the room today. So Amberly is here. Hey. And a very special guest, which we will introduce in a second. We're going to give... I've already said sex. (laughs) We're two seconds It's happening already. Yes. So we are going to give a little bit of a backstory because this guest actually is the reason why we are in California to begin with this week. We have been trying to coordinate to get a recording underway and now has been the perfect time. And what's happened in California for Mm -hmm. Amberly and I has been so transformative up until this point not even so much relating to our work but just that mm-hmm. we showed up with a, a big um, open heart to accepting experiences and people from a different perspective and I think a lot of that has to do with our guest today so yeah because you am yeah. are have had such um, a personal wonderful experience I'm gonna mm-hmm. let you introduce our guest okay so this guest is the reason why I started getting involved in energy work and in metaphysics. And she really gave me the permission on a certain level to be, you know, scientific and also integrate that into this new spiritual realm that I wanted to kind of stand apart from that old paradigm way of you have to be spiritual and you know that's it or you have to be scientific and that's it and I wanted to bridge the gap and this wonderful guest uh, brought me to that place and I just am so grateful for her and so I'm so honored to introduce Melissa Joy Johnson. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Melissa I'm going to tell people officially just give them an, an idea of what you do on the practical 3D sense so Melissa is the owner of Heartfield Productions, which encapsulates everything that she's been so beautifully putting out into the world recently, which includes seminars, books, um, video production, and um, touring that includes her, her seminars and, and teachings. And so um, we want to begin from the beginning, though, Melissa, of kind of how it started with our interaction with you and your work. And... So Amberly has, mm-hmm. we've both talked about how we've gone to Matrix Energetic Seminars, which you've been teaching for the last 10 years. And Amberly was the first one to go. And <laughs> yeah. um, she had a pretty interesting experience with you on yeah. stage. But maybe, <laughs> do you want to talk about it? I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, it changed everything for me because Melissa was like this rock star on stage. I didn't even know that Melissa was part of the Matrix Energetics Conference. I didn't know anything about Matrix Energetics, okay? I, some part of me hijacked myself and forced me to sign up on, on for this seminar. And so I went in kind of 
blinded and didn't know Melissa was part of this. And then what a wonderful surprise. So she's on stage teaching like a rock star and saying, <laughs> dropping all of these like science bombs. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then she calls me up on stage and I'm like, shit, no, no one look at me. You're ruining my plan. I just wanted to observe and like stay in the background and prove to myself that this is real. And I, because I I just had so many judgments at this point because mm-hmm. it was the first experience I ever had of anything energy besides like having a personal Reiki session. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But looking at boom, these like very laser like uh, reactions that people were having based off of one YouTube video I saw and I was like, okay, I need to see if this is real or not. <laughs> so Melissa calls me up on stage and I'm like, holy hell, I'm going to pass out. So she calls me up and then is asking me, okay, so uh, what can I work on today? And I'm like, anything you see. And she's like, well, what I see is perfection. So you're going to have to do better than that. I was like, damn. Okay. Wow. She's not playing around. And, but, and then I was like, I love her so much, but I'm pretty sure she hates me. <laughs> so, cause there's so many things are running through my head. And so she's, you know, talking me through the, the healing process and just, uh, she barely touches me. And then I start feeling this visceral movement in my body. Like this wave, this magnetic wave pushing me over. And I'm like, this is not happening. This isn't real. I'm not crazy. You know, a million and one things are running through my mind, but I couldn't deny the fact that it was happening to me. Something was happening. And so Melissa's taking me through this and she, so I start turning a little bit on stage and I'm like, no, I'm not going to turn. I'm going to resist it. I'm going to resist it. I'm going to resist it because I don't want to look like a freak. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so Melissa tells me, she's like, okay, until you do a full pirouette on stage, I have lost interest. And I was like, when I heard this story, Melissa, I was like, uh, immediately love her and yeah. we'll be going to the next seminar. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yep. So she calls someone else up on stage and I'm like, okay, I'm like fighting with myself. Should I turn? Should I not turn? Should I try to walk off stage? I could not move. And so I'm like, shit, I have to, I have to turn. And my rebellious self is like, I'm not turning. I don't care what she says. Like, I'm not going to do it. She just wants to control me. You know, all my patterns are popping up (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, they're rearing their ugly heads. This is shit. I have to look at. So I start turning slowly. It took me like 15 minutes to do this pirouette on stage. And then Melissa finally was like, okay, now that you've done the pirouette, I can finally work on you. And then, you know, she does her magic and that night I didn't really know what happened and so I felt a ton of different things but then it wasn't until I undressed to get in the shower that night I looked in the mirror my whole body structure was different from like birth to that point in time my whole back was transformed just everything I was like blown away and I had to know how Melissa did it so there's just no denying the way that she does her her thing you yeah know, it's all integrated into what makes melissa melissa and she just has such a huge heart field um which there's not a coincidence that you're you know you have heart field productions so um so anyway it just you are so wonderful and your background has made me feel like i can be 
science girl and also integrate this spiritual aspect of um, helping people take bigger steps in their lives towards healing or, um, you know, relationships and living a better, more expanded life. So I owe so much to you. I'm just so grateful for you and you being able to have the courage to express yourself in the way that you do. Thank you so much. That story is hilarious yeah. to me. And uh, for, for people that are questioning, was it about the pirouette? Like the pirouette had nothing to do with it. And I, know. I so was not trying to control you. I, I was know. inviting you to let go of trying to control yourself. Exactly. Because how often do we say that we want to change and we want right. to experience life differently and we mm-hmm. want to experience ourselves differently. And then we have the opportunity and we go into resistance. 100%. Yes. And, um, that was really yeah. what the invitation was all about. Yeah. And I did not care what you did. Obviously, I picked yeah. someone else to come up on stage. <laughs> and it's it's always so uh, heartwarming for me to yeah. hear what goes on in people's minds. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that's not it. The experience I was having was, yes, I was witnessing perfection. Yeah. And yet... Uh, <laughs> there was just this huge opportunity for you to step into your own perfectly imperfect self and to Mm -hmm. not have to try to control Mm -hmm. what, what is happening because we can't. Yeah. And the fun is in letting go. Yes, exactly. I've learned that so much from you and you did hold such a huge loving space for me to feel comfortable to do that on stage in front of people. I mean, the the things that were running through my head it were just I'm gonna die you know I'm in front of a ton of people it's probably a lot of persecution things popping up for me I don't know what it was but being on stage I felt like I was you know on a guillotine that's that's the experience that I was having and so I'm like oh shit am I crazy am I like I'm going nuts, you know, I'm feeling this stuff, I don't want to feel it, you know, it's uncomfortable, and you were just so calm, cool, and collected, and you're like, yeah, I want to see a pirouette, so do it or, or not, I don't care, and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to jump in, I might as well just dive all the way in, and I've never looked back because of you, so thank you again. Well, I appreciate that, <laughs> and it's, it's really an honor to have watched you both blossom into what's happening and what's going to happen for you so yeah thanks Melissa. so thanks for yeah. having me here yeah fun yeah. so I want to start from basically you know many of our audience members may not have an idea of what matrix energetics is what Joy Heartfield is what frequency is what energy healing is and so if we're starting from the beginning of Melissa before all of this stuff you were a pharmaceutical salesperson and so how did that, how did your awareness start to shift to this being a part of your life? Well, I, uh, I had a really successful career in the pharmaceutical industry. I worked mm-hmm. for some of the biggest names in, uh, in big pharma and also biotech eventually bought out by some of the biggest names in wow. big pharma. And, um, I started off in sales and, um, did really, really well, had a background in neuropsych and mm-hmm. immunology and, um, at some point, I um, I found myself feeling out of integrity with some of the things that I was being asked to do, some of the things that were common practice in mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical industry. So um, I moved into research. I thought, oh, that'll be more ethical. I became what was called a, I was a hybrid research medical science liaison where we were running clinical trials uh, for drugs that were not yet approved. Wow. And um 
you know, same, same. I can only imagine where this is going. Same, <laughs> same story, different department, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. And so what I would do is I would put on different hats. I would change jobs or I would move to uh, a different territory or mm-hmm. I would even change companies. Right. And what I found was that wherever I went, there I was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and really the common, the common denominator there was me. And, yeah. and I had to uh, come to terms with the fact that I was no longer congruent doing what I thought was part of my life path. And it absolutely was. I was supposed to go into the pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. and have all these experiences that I had. Um, But unfortunately, uh, when when things look great on the outside and you have a livelihood that you've developed and you have um, friends and colleagues Mm -hmm. that are your whole world, um, when you start getting these um, inner callings or inclinations that you need to make a change, uh, what usually comes up is fear. And so I... Um, started justifying, oh no, you know, you're too old to make a career change, you know, uh, y- y- you're just confused right now. If you mm-hmm. just ride it out, it'll get better. <laughs> and um, slowly but surely, my body started to break down, which eventually happens when we don't um, pay attention to living in integrity or yeah. not feeling in integrity with the callings of our heart. And, um, and I was really good at masking that too. You know, I just said I was working too hard or whatever and, and all the signs were there mm-hmm. and it wasn't enough for me. And so, uh, we, my company had rented out the world Congress of neurology or we were at the world Congress of neurology in the United Kingdom. We'd rented out the tower of London, the first time in the history of parliament that it was oh rented gosh. out to private enterprise. It was a really big deal. Oh, wow. And, um, we were presenting the results for a multiple sclerosis trial that I had been working on, mm-hmm. and I had prepped the neurologist to present the data in a certain way. And, yeah. Uh, I don't need to go into all the background of that, but um, wasn't feeling so good about things. And, and I went uh, outside to go mm-hmm. to a convenience store across the street to just get, you know, some soda and some girl products. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and I looked the wrong way when I went to cross the street because I had just flown a red eye from America and you mm-hmm. know it's the, the streets go the opposite direction the cars come so I looked oh, yeah. the wrong direction and did not see the double decker red bus coming straight for me and oh I gosh. guess you don't know this story so yeah I don't know, yeah, this story. I know this story so I'm in the crosswalk and I encounter this giant double decker red bus that pummels me you know 60 feet across the intersection what? And I went unconscious, um, probably oh out of gosh. body for, yeah. for a few minutes. And when I came back, um, you know, my, my nice fancy pantsuit was all, you know, ripped and yeah. I had blood coming out and, oh and everybody was freaked out. And I got up, dusted off my bloody knees and said, I have to go in because my doctor is presenting the data. Oh my and gosh. So this is how stubborn I am. There's there's a purpose yeah. to the story. Yeah. And so <laughs> oh, presented gosh. the clinical results and then went to the emergency room. Now <laughs> basically yeah. what I'm what I'm pointing to, this was actually one of the biggest blessings. So even yeah. though I had a lot of soft tissue damage mm-hmm. and um went through a lot of pain, mm-hmm. um it was the it, it was the perfect 
placeholder to jettison me out of the path. I was not paying attention and I was letting my fear override me. And, you know, what that bus uh, accident bought me was some time off, some time to get really clear on what Mm -hmm. I really wanted and to begin exploring um, healing from a different framework other than masking it with the Band-Aids that prescription drugs often do. They don't necessarily ever heal anything. They just kind of treat disease and you treat disease, it becomes smarter. Yeah. So that led me on a journey that then had me exploring various mm-hmm. um, energetic modalities, integrative medicine, complementary medicine, doesn't really care mm-hmm. what you call it. And right. in the course of that exploration, I uh, was seeing a chiropractor who was treating me for the 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 bus mm-hmm. accident mm-hmm. injury. Yes. And he said, oh, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, kind of crazy doctor that's coming into town next weekend <laughs> that's doing some weird energy work um you know are you you might be interested in going to see and, and I was like oh you know I'm busy next weekend yeah. I have a party to go to or whatever <laughs> and then but something something in me paid attention yeah and so my partner and I went to the free two-hour introduction where there was this kind of weird crazy uh Thing happening where mm-hmm. people were appearing to go unconscious and they were moving into weird contort. They were doing pirouettes. Yes. There were strange, <laughs> strange movements happening. Yeah. And I turned and looked at my partner at the time, and I don't even remember saying this, but he told me that I said this. And, mm-hmm. and I said, I know exactly what's going on here. I know exactly how it's being done, and I know how to explain it. Yeah. And I said, and, and there's something here for me and I can't explain why, but this is what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And um, that led me to then attend a seminar and then attend another seminar and start studying this modality that you've already referenced, Matrix Energetics, mm-hmm. which eventually um, I began teaching with the founder yeah. and um, also was president of the company and brought it international. Yeah. And over the over the course of the last uh you know, 10 years that I've been teaching that, Mm -hmm. I also developed my own uh, system of teachings known as MJOY that beautifully complement the teachings that I present on the ME platform. um, Mm -hmm. And they bring, they bring energetic healing to the individual and two groups in a very practical language that anyone can understand and experience whether you have a scientific background or not. I teach the science, but understanding the science Mm -hmm. isn't necessary in order to have an experience. And um, all of it's been part of my path, even the screwed up stuff that happened in in the pharmaceutical industry. And Mm -hmm. um, it's given shape to who I am today. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I regret a minute of it, I think if there's anything I regret, it's being so stubborn and resisting that call to make a change um, for fear of the unknown instead of right. embracing the unknown as infinite possibilities yeah. and asking myself, how do I want to create in the very mm-hmm. next moment? Yeah. Wow. So That's fascinating. it does seem like all of these things have have brought into your, um, they're all building in your capacity to look at someone who may come to you for a healing and change exactly what that means for you and what that can mean for them and what that means for the world. And so if you had to describe what your, and I don't want to say mindset because it's limited, what is your now experience of what it looks like for people to heal? Well, 
first of all, I would say that the, our, all of our ideas around healing are, are really, really limited. Even mm-hmm. in, in the energy healing uh, community or energy medicine, if you will, whatever you call it, um, mm-hmm. there's sort of this implied agreement that something's wrong with the person and then we need someone outside of ourselves in order to perform some ritual so that we can, quote, heal. Exactly. And and to me, and, and I think that both of you will agree, you know, healing's innate to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have a blueprint that encodes for well-being, that right. encodes for wholeness as completion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens through the course of our lives is that blueprint gets a little bit uh, confused. Um, yeah. We start downloading programs in our biohologram, like a quantum computer, that start creating viruses that create uh, confusion in our fields so Mm -hmm. that it begins to play out as disease. And so the essence of what my uh, approach is, is, is... I'm very adept at being able to read people's fields. It's like yeah. a language. Right. And and I'm also adept at teaching people how to read that language uh, and to read people's fields. And I can see where the, the fields may be running confusion or running programs or maybe running a program of I'm afraid to change or right. um, if I let her really see who I am she'll know I'm not perfect right. which is like a program right <laughs> exactly. so I just told you you are perfect and you thought yeah. I was being sarcastic I was actually being serious <laughs> um, and, and, and so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll actually just hold the blueprint mm-hmm. of clarity like a mirror literally right. so that you can begin to see yourself clearly mm-hmm. because I didn't heal your back I didn't right. heal your spine. I didn't heal you. Yeah. I simply gave you access to the correct information mm-hmm. so that you could begin to run energetic constructs of coherence that yeah. create flow and well-being that we would call healing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect sense. Yeah. That's like such a grounded way of <laughs> explaining such huge concepts that yeah. people don't understand. You just like blew it out the water. Yeah, the whole time I was thinking, there's no way Melissa's going to be able to like be relatable because you're so freaking smart. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way that she's going to be able to describe healing in a way that even I can understand it. That was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah we, I just teach people how to read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, and I'm sometimes sure we feel a little. But I'm sure, and I, I think that you've seen this, like in the way that your career has evolved, is that like people initially begin showing up because they want to be healed, but then the next step is that they want to manifest jo- more joy, more greatness, more excitement, more passion, more abundance. And so, have you found that your like your what you're being called to teach has kind of gone that direction? In a sense, yes, because the very same physics that are at play in healing is the exact same physics that's at play in manifesting and creating extraordinary Mm -hmm. experiences. And so uh, it's kind of the difference between uh, being in a reactive mode versus being in a creative mode. And so to some extent, my focus has shifted toward what do we want to create and how Mm -hmm. do we want to choose to relate to this interconnected universe that we live in. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, uh, people still come to my seminars for healing Mm -hmm. and they get very quickly that, 
okay, well, wait, if I can heal, then I might as well, instead of focusing on what I want to fix within myself, why don't I focus on what I really want to manifest and create? And um, mm-hmm. when you get that it's the same physics, then then it's simply where do you want to focus? Yeah. And, and how do you want to play? Interesting. That's awesome. What, um, what's usually the block between knowing what you want to create and then actually doing it? The programs that we have been conditioned to thinking are the way things are. Um, You know, we sort of grow up in this consensual reality. There we are. I was going to say consensual reality. We grew up in this (laughs) consensual reality, (laughs) consensus reality um, that says, you know, this is, this is life and, and this is what you do. And when you, when you hit 30, you know, you should have the white picket fence and the mortgage and the two kids and the dog. And, Mm -hmm. and I know I'm talking about an old paradigm of programming, but it's so deeply ingrained in our consciousness that we don't realize that's not just the way things are. And so usually mm-hmm. what our blocks are is we come up against that programming and we don't even know that it's there. We think this is just the way that I am. And yeah. so to have the courage to take a look at your belief systems, mm-hmm. at the the constructs that have been woven through even your family lineage to the point that you think it's genetic, yeah. but it's actually just a deeply ingrained pattern in your in your family hologram. Mm-hmm. To be able to have the courage to start questioning that, not from a a, a rebellious standpoint, but from a, a framework of curiosity, mm-hmm. that can really make the difference between thinking that you want to do something and then actually making it happen. Yeah. That, I've taken one of uh, your seminars, well, I've taken multiple um, webinars of yours, actually, and I took an abundance webinar that Melissa put on online, and it really made me look at what was going on within my family um, conditioning system of relating to money and what are, or I guess, really making me look at defining money and what that means to me and then choosing to redefine it for myself in the way that I want to have a relationship with money. And your webinar is not just, okay, here is, you know, X, Y, Z, this is what you do. You are pulling in all of these fields and I can feel it in my body and in my field, you know, things unraveling and changing. And it's really, it's like another level. It's like a webinar on steroids. It's just, it's (laughs) amazing to me. You're just so incredible at doing these webinars. It's just, it's something that has been unmatched by anybody else. Wow. It's so good. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I appreciate hearing that. And, and, uh, yeah, the abundance webinar, it was part of a a series that I did in July Mm -hmm. about changing your blueprints, changing the maps that are creating coordinates for your experiences in your life. And, and abundance is a big one for people um, mm-hmm. it's never about money and because it's never really money's just one facet of mm-hmm. abundance but because it's never really just about money um, to take a linear approach to creating abundance would be providing a limitation to everyone that's you know coming to that co-creative process of, right. of discovering what are my personal blueprints mm-hmm. around abundance and yeah. so um, what I one of my gifts is that I'm I'm able to um, see big patterns mm-hmm. and then take all those big patterns and almost like take a butterfly net and swoop them all together mm-hmm. and then synthesize them in such a way that they can be understandable to the linear mind. Yeah, Um, definitely. So I appreciate hearing that that was really useful. And also knowing, uh, given that we talked a little bit beforehand, that Mm -hmm. some of your 
your experiences are changing. Definitely. It, it not only brought awareness to the situation, but things started changing in my life to where I was getting more money, actually, instantly. It changed within, you know, the next day. So that was like, boom, mm-hmm. like mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she, she's done it again, people. Melissa has done it again. <laughs> yeah. And I would also say that there, you know, just from an outsider's pers- perspective of looking at your experience of that, there mm-hmm. were also experiences that continued to come up to reflect to you other parts of this that had to change but beginning with the program is that step into I'm prepared to have an awareness surrounding it so I'm prepared to look at these experiences that may seem challenging to the outside world but Mm -hmm. with an experience and an awareness that it's for me to be able to see if my perspectives are changing do you find that that happens with people who take your your programs yeah and and the thing is, is that everything in our lives is interconnected and interrelated. And mm-hmm. so it is it is not possible to change one aspect of your life without that rippling into all facets of your life. Yeah. And so, you know, I have to pick a topic for the mm-hmm. webinar, but yeah. it's really, um, everything's up for grabs. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I just give different names every single mm-hmm. time. And we, we use a specific focus as an access point. So right. abundance, very common topic, super popular webinar. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. everyone's like, ah, oh, I need more money. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody has abundance and abundance of lack it's yeah. still abundance. You just, it's, it's a, it's an abundance of lack. You don't yeah. have what you really, really want. And mm-hmm. so being able to get clear on what abundance means for you, uh, mm-hmm. recognizing that money is one facet of it. Right. Is, and, and it's not even, it's more than a mindset. This is why I teach about the heart. It's, it's really mm-hmm. a heart set. It's, mm-hmm. it's what, what, does money mean to you from the heart? Because the mind is always going to dualize and polarize and you're going to have lots of what you want and lots of what you don't want. And Mm -hmm. the heart, it's, it, it's, it's unity consciousness. And so it's like just rolling out a singular red carpet of abundance and it flows out. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I teach the physics of heart centered awareness relative to creating new blueprints so that you can get maps for your mind to follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you do it awesomely thank you (laughs) can you talk about the heart and emotion yeah there's um there's a lot of mixed messages out there Mm -hmm. relative to the heart and emotion and uh, I actually break it down I compartmentalize it in in my most recent book the integrity effect Um, because some people think oh if I'm if I'm in my heart then then it's all I love you. Yeah. But that's actually conceptual thought with a charge. Mm-hmm. And so the field of the heart really, it's this portal into the interconnectedness of absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And you can be in your heart and have no emotion. And you can be in your heart and have emotion too. There is no defining uh singular way to experience being in the heart. And Mm -hmm. so emotions though are often really, uh, they're really feelings with interpretations that we then um, we have, there's usually a charge associated with it. And Mm -hmm. truly when you're, when you're in your heart, there's really no charge. You're just sort of, everything's just, ah, Mm Mm-hmm. Does does that make sense a little bit? It does, yeah. and it and it for me it it's 
almost the experience of like when I'm ha- when I have a question or a challenge in my life and I'm I'm wondering why is this happening? What am I supposed to do? If I stop and and put myself into my heart field, all the answers are there. And the question, I'm not even able to remember the question because there's no question when you're in the presence of truth and connection. Mm-hmm. And so that that's how I would describe it too. But I've been wondering and like playing with whether or not my emotions could be used as a compass for finding whether or not I was in my heart space. But I kind of just answered my question and and asking that because you do, you clarified it in saying that emotions do have some sort of a mental charge mm-hmm. and connection. They do, and and I mean, there's even different. There's even a difference between um, feelings and emotions. Um, mm-hmm. And here's something else that may be helpful: is that usually when we're in our hearts, where there's sort of a centering. And there's an embodiment, like we we're present in our physical bodies, because mm-hmm. um, the field of the heart, it's not the physical heart, it's not even the heart chakra for people that study chakras. Like, mm-hmm. it literally includes every part of our physical body all the way down to our big toe. Right. And so, heart-centered awareness is there's a centering, there's mm-hmm. a connection within oneself. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when there's emotions, they are they take us out of ourselves. So there's like a direction to the energy where mm-hmm. where your, your your consciousness actually leaves your body and you're out spiraling in the vortex of whatever that that emotion may be. Mm-hmm. And so ask yourself where you are kind of in relation to your body. And that can be a way to verify that you're in your heart. Now, here's what's tricky about that. Because the minute you ask, am I in my heart? You've kind of almost left your heart to mm-hmm. ask the right. question. Right. Yeah. So, so let's let's do this for for everybody that's on the call. Like, okay. think about something that's um, going on in your life that you're struggling with. That's like a mm-hmm. challenge or a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and which one, Melissa? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one? <laughs> and and give it a give it a location in your field. And when I say field, just kind of like the proximity around your physical body. Like, I'm going to go about. Uh, 18 inches in front of me. Give it a location. Mm -hmm. I I call these placeholders. Okay. Now let all your attention go into that location. Like if it were spiraling, like Mm -hmm. go in there. Mm -hmm. And tell me what you are feeling or emoting. Do you feel tense? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxious? My whole body is like pulsating right now. Can you even answer? <laughs> no. Okay. She's gone. Okay. Sheena has left the building. Okay, perfect. All right. So now, now go ahead and bring your awareness into your physical body and allow for your awareness to drop, you know, anywhere below your throat down to the base of your pelvic floor, but it can be anywhere in your physical body. Mm-hmm. And share what you notice now hmm. i feel like super calm yet a little bit high <laughs> and like the base of my spinal cord has a little bit of um i don't even know how to describe it it's just my awareness is down at the base of my spinal cord awesome and now think about what was formerly that problem? 
<laughs> it's hard to okay. do that. So, and, and that was a very simple exercise of distinction because a lot of times what becomes overwhelming for us or we get super emotional about things is mm-hmm. is because we've left our house of consciousness mm-hmm. and and we're over spiraling in you know the parade of the imagined terribles or <laughs> or or basically we're in the problem and mm-hmm. that problem that's the only place that our awareness can hold that's Mm -hmm. why I call them placeholders and then when we bring ourselves back to our heart or even just into our physical body Mm -hmm. that pattern begins to dissolve or even even evolve into something different just because we've moved our awareness wow that's crazy and it's and it brings back the topic that that you said the difference between reaction and creation it seems though as though when we are outside of our vessel of consciousness and we're looking at this emotional problem outside of ourselves, we're just going to keep reacting to keep recreating that experience versus being in our state of consciousness and then um, creating newness from there, which you said earlier is the only way to create new. Well, indeed, and that was beautifully articulated. And and one of the things that happens is yeah. that when we're when we're miring in the in the problem, mm-hmm. um, we don't have access to any other possibilities. Literally, that is that's all that becomes right. possible available. In quantum physics, they call it the collapse of the wave function, where mm-hmm. out of all these infinite waves of possibilities that exist simultaneously in every single moment mm-hmm. we miss all these other waves because we're we surfed on the one that collapsed on the shore called the problem yeah <laughs> and the so, beached whale right exactly <laughs> and then we're like what do you mean surfs up this yeah. sucks i've got sand in my bikini right yeah. and so what the field of the heart gives us access to is this literally the sea of infinite potential where mm-hmm. we can see or perceive other options as possibilities and that so-called problem that we thought was a tsunami suddenly mm-hmm. becomes like a waiting pool for babies. Like it's yeah. just, it's not as big as we, as we thought it was. And right. we have access to all these other waves of possibilities and we can decide where do we want to surf today? Mm-hmm. Well, I said this before we started, that was amazing, Melissa, um, that I find it so important for me personally to have people like you in my life who are teaching these this work, teaching these practices, always providing content and products for me to play in and play with and discover myself through. Because without, without that continuity, for some reason there is a forgetfulness to doing this. And also there are infinite ways in which we can experience this in our life. And so unless we have that sort of, I guess, really rigid sense of self where we're continuously just on our own, bringing ourselves back into it, it is so important. And we tell our listeners this all the time to find the people that resonate with you and and that their information feels good when you're practicing it like yours does for me, where we can continuously go back into what it means to be who we are. And that's what your teachings are continuously doing for me. And which is why it's, I mean, it's it's necessary at this time. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. One of the things about myself, I never like being told what to do. 
And I can relate. Me yeah. too. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 and I was one of the, the little curious children that when someone, an adult would tell me to do something, I would always say, why? Why? Yeah. Why? why? <laughs> I can answer everything with why. And, yeah. and you know, it, there was a point where you know, I remember being yelled at by a teacher, stop asking why. Yeah. And that was a pivotal point for me because mm-hmm. what if I had listened? Right. And so I always try to expand my teachings to let everyone understand that there's a gazillion ways you can approach this and mm-hmm. all ways are, are correct. Yeah. What is correct is what feels right and true for you. And so I'll provide multiple access points and I'm very adept at utilizing language as access points mm-hmm. um, in a relatable way. Yes. And even if it's high level science, I can bring it down to a practical manner so that you can choose to step in with what feels comfortable for you and Mm -hmm. knowing that you you can't really screw it up yes you just gotta play because even with that example it's like that should be so easy for us as humans to access our heart field to see the the reality of what's happening but without your language of describing what's actually happening we almost don't have a practice for doing it and why is that my sense is, and I, I'm going to just answer this with, I never know definitively anything, so any answer I throw out, <laughs> it's just like my sense in the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's why I stay perpetually curious, because I'm always learning. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think the way that we are conditioned in you know, post-industrial, uh, computer age, uh, go after what you want, everything is outside of you, and reach for the perpetual goal that will continually evade you because it's going to keep moving. Um, I think we're trained to uh, use our minds and to follow maps based on how things have been done in the past. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, we're almost... um, we're almost like fish out of water. Now, here, here's, I'll give you this metaphor because I think it's a different way of answering the question is that if we were fish, mm-hmm. and I, I'm a Pisces, so I guess technically I am, but um, <laughs> you know, if we were fish and um, MSNBC or CNN or, or you know, your, your podcast came to do an interview and said, okay, we're, we're going to interview the fish and we want to ask the fish, <laughs> tell us, fish, how you breathe underwater. Yeah. And the fish would say, what are you freaking talking about? This is just what we do. Right. And they would have no reference for being able to provide an answer. And then if we were to take a fishing net and pull the fish out of water mm-hmm. and hold them up in the air, and then we, and we would ask them, what's your experience? They would be you know, choking, suffocating, constricted, tense, stressed. Mm-hmm. And then if we drop them back into the water, then they could say, oh, you know what? I get what you mean now. I didn't understand what you meant about breathing underwater until you took me out of my natural habitat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm kind of giving the opposite answer because the field of the heart, that's home. That's our natural habitat. That's mm-hmm. we as fish breathing underwater in this sea of limitless potential. And yet we've spent so much time as fish out of water trying to fit into an environment that isn't natural to us mm-hmm. that we don't remember what it's like to breathe naturally until we get to go back down into that natural habitat. So yeah. I think it's like a habitat, it's a habit. It's mm-hmm. a habit. Habitually, we're constantly navigating with the mind and right. and reacting to how we've encoded information in the past mm-hmm. that we don't even realize there's a completely different way to 
go and that different way is very organic. Right. That was a good example. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I got it. Okay. You must have definitely either put a field in this room. Yeah. Or it's just part of you you as Melissa and we're experiencing your field because Sheena has never clarified or articulated in such a way that she is today. First of all, well, probably I what? feel like... Th- I've made a distinction. When you first started the podcast, you yeah. know how you were saying like words like sex and you know, yeah. that fun stuff. <laughs> and then Melissa probably pulled in a field or we just, you know, started ruminating in her field. What'd you do, Melissa? Something <laughs> happened. And now Sheena is like killing it on the articulation. I felt like super clear. Yeah. The past few minutes. Right. Moments of, like, of just like wow. how to articulate yeah. very clearly. Actually I an know. idea. So field 112 is true authentic expression and it's a field that supports not just verbal articulation, but being able to authentically express who you are and and to embody that. So did I pull it in intentionally for this broadcast? No, I think the Amjoy fields go with me wherever I am. So what tends to happen is when you're when you're in my field or mm-hmm. you're in any of the fields that I teach about, then certain experiences are more likely to occur. So yes. <laughs> I think it was already there within you, but then you became more, I'm, I'm projecting for you a mirroring of, hey, you're incredibly articulate. Yes. And then you are. So the fields that we're talking about here, without people's learning and and sort of um, interacting with regularly these what we're terming fields are they how are they available for use well they're they're available for use simply by a desire to connect to them in fact one of the things that I reiterate Mm -hmm. time and time again is that an intention to connect will activate a field flow. And so one of the reasons that I wrote my book, Little Book of Big Potentials, was that I wanted to make the fields accessible to anyone and everyone who knew how to read and who knew how to count. Uh, Because not everyone wants to come to a live seminar, and Mm -hmm. and not everyone can afford to come to a seminar, but Mm -hmm. most everyone can afford a book. Uh, And I also did a series of free YouTube videos on each one of the fields where I'm transmitting the fields Mm -hmm. so that anyone in the comfort of their living room could, could access them. That's awesome. What the fields ultimately provide is the ability to re-encode your Mm -hmm. bio-hologram, the way that you're running maps in your reality. And so let's say you you constantly feel um, insecure, you're not good Mm -hmm. enough, or you have no idea what your true authentic self is. Well, there's, or you have no idea how to articulate. Maybe you want to create a a radio show and you're Mm -hmm. like, I can't (laughs) talk in front of people. Or um, there are fields that specifically support specific experiences, but... Mm -hmm. All of the fields create coherency within your own field that then creates well-being and healing. And so what they'll basically do is, is let's say your, your field is um, running a bunch of confusing programs that are playing out like patterns or grids in your life where you're always in a dysfunctional relationship or uh, people always betray you or mm-hmm. um, you'll finally get that big break at work and then you'll self-sabotage and get fired, right? These are just programs that are running over and over in your hologram that are perpetuating experiences, what the Amjoy fields come in and do is they uh, they basically clear the viruses. They, mm-hmm. they clear those distorted grids so that you can begin to see yourself more clearly as your own 
awesome, magnificent, perfectly imperfect self. And then Mm -hmm. that begins to play out in what's reflected in your life. And you don't need to know the physics, even though I describe the physics, Um, Mm -hmm. knowing a number or just having an intention and then allowing a number to come to your mind um, Mm -hmm. is a great way to play with the field. That's cool. Yeah. So in a very practical sense, did you, and in a very limited dis- description of the of a sense of these fields, did you define a collection of energy for use for yourself and people? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened, and I'm still unpacking what really happened, and we never really know what really happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got a first uh, series of downloads when I was about five years old. And obviously, I'm five mm-hmm. years old. I, I have no knowledge of what's right. happening. Um, mm-hmm. You know, call them your invisible friends. I, I did not have a sophistication to understand what was happening. And, mm-hmm. and whether that's a real memory or kind of a virtual memory that's been placed in my hologram to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. And then a series of downloads. Um, and when I'm talking about download, um, it, it's a, it's a fast influx of information that mm-hmm. comes in where I just, I have to, I have to unpack it. A series of downloads happened, um, between, 2013 and Mm -hmm. 2014, which I had to unpack and interpret. Like they come in like geometries. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was explaining a little earlier. Sometimes it'll look like one of those um, paper airplanes that you create or one of those little paper footballs Mm -hmm. where you would write a note to a friend. Mm -hmm. So it would come in like that into my field and then I would have to unpack it. And as I opened Mm -hmm. it up, it would almost take on like an origami shape or it would take on these sacred geometry shapes. Mm -hmm. And when I say sacred geometry, it's all sacred. So it's geometry. And then I would need to put language to the the geometries um and so it's really a language of light that came in that then I had to interpret Mm -hmm. and what's cool about the fields is that they're not um some sort of esoteric teaching that's way out of reach and we have to like chant 5,000 times and uh, be a certain way because encoded within those fields as well are distinctions that I've made through the years, very practical Mm -hmm. experiences. Um, We tend to think, oh, limitless potential. Everybody's talking about how we're limitless potential. Mm -hmm. And then you take a look at your life and you're like, (laughs) wow, I suck because my my life is surrounded by a lot of limitations. The MJOY teachings are are the integration of that knowingness that Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be limitless potential and yet reality is not quite playing out that way. How do I leverage my limitations as a springboard into Mm -hmm. creating and relating from a framework of self-love and completion? And so um, it's it's really all about being perfectly imperfect, but recognizing Mm -hmm. those imperfections are still connected to that which is perfect. So awesome. I know. So and they're fun. They still amaze me. I mean, yeah. uh, people will, like I did one, <laughs> I did one uh, video. I have a whole field on freedom from addictions and we're all addicts. I mean, we yeah. just are like, <laughs> we're addicted to distractions. We're addicted to TV. We're, mm-hmm. you know, even when we're super healthy, we sometimes tend to run it as an addiction, oh, definitely. as a means of feeling okay about ourselves. And as a strategy to avoid ourselves at the same time. So I did mm-hmm. this free little three minute, uh, quick blurb, one take on uh, YouTube on freedom from addictions, field 122. Mm-hmm. And this guy and his wife in Australia watched the video. All they did was watch it. They didn't mm-hmm. do anything I said because yeah. they thought it was, you know, yeah. weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they said immediately they stopped drinking their 
bottle of vodka that they drank every single night they'd been drinking together for 25 years just stop talk about cold turkey and so um, that's awesome yeah and in the and the the information in these fields transcend space mm-hmm. and time and so you don't have to be in my physical proximity like I don't think it was me being here that made you more articulate I think <laughs> I served as a placeholder to remind yeah. you that you had access to those fields I believe that's absolutely accurate yeah <laughs> but what an amazing I mean person that you are to be mm-hmm. able to hold that much space for so many people to experience so many things. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, how many yeah. fields do you actually define? Um, well, in the system that I've taught so far, there are 24 fields. However, they're holonomic and exponential, which means that um, it's kind of like infinite potential has infinite expressions and infinite dimensions. Mm-hmm. Each one of the fields holonomically ripple out indefinitely. And yes. so there's far more than 24. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the 24 is digestible and is able to kind of compartmentalize. But really, access to one of the fields gives you access to all the fields. Mm-hmm. They sort of uh, yes. hook in together. For the first time, I, I've been to one Matrix Energetic seminar, but for the first time, I'm understanding this concept by way of you're describing it now. I feel it so so purely and clearly by what the way that you are explaining this experience of life on an energetic, emotional, spiritual footprint. I appreciate mm-hmm. hearing that. You know the the Amjoy platform. Um, which is different from the ME platform in the Matrix yeah. Energetic Seminar that mm-hmm. you've attended, uh, they, they both complement each other in a beautiful way. And one of the reasons that I think the MJOY teachings came in the way that they did, um, kind of fast and furious, and mm-hmm. uh, with my unique signature on them, but yet accessible to anyone anywhere in the world, is that there is, I do have this ability to take high level metaphysical principles, mm-hmm. quantum physics principles, and to distill it in an easy to understand way. Um, but these fields came in from the standpoint that they affect physical, they affect mental, they affect emotional, they affect relational, they right. affect environmental, they affect financial. Because at the level of the kind of the key codes, mm-hmm. um, it's like it's like hacking the matrix, and you, you got to get the zeros and ones. Those key codes don't discriminate between physical, mental, emotional. Right? Like physicality right. is just densely packed spirals of consciousness holding information. So is emotionality, but it's not quite as dense. It hasn't slowed down. It's it's like light slowing down as sound, and then slowing down into matter. Mm-hmm. And so, what the teachings have come in is to to help us recognize that the distinctions we've made: a that we're separate; b that something's physical and so it's real versus this other stuff. It's not as real. Mm-hmm. It's all real. And none of it's real at the same time. And reality becomes a function of where you resonate. Mm-hmm. And these fields help you change your resonance. You change your resonance, you change your grids, you change your reality. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Boom. I I know you have a question, Amberly. Yeah, I was just going to say that the reason why 
well, not the reason, but one of the reasons why I love Melissa so much is that for those of you who can't see Melissa, she's like totally normal. <laughs> Just so you know, she doesn't have like nerd glasses on. Nothing against glasses. I wear glasses sometimes Yeah, you too. wear like but the nerdiest nerd glasses. You're so nice to me. Thank you. And um, <laughs> you only see what you are. So there's that. Um, so yeah, Melissa is just so you know normal she is beautiful and just like so uh, with it and you know can have a conversation with you on a normal level that's mm-hmm. outside of this healing realm and science and all that good stuff she likes um, norm- normal designer shoes yeah exactly she's a, <laughs> she's a basic <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's not it's not a secret that i love that too and so does sheena yeah. um so you're in good company because you don't have to you know, be a certain way in order to be in this realm. And I think that's a huge thing that people have misconceptualized about this whole, you know, realm that you have to be something physical world. Yes. In order to access this. Yeah. And And there's no, and also Melissa, I feel like you're also a representation that you no longer have to be a monk who's been meditating Mm -hmm. for 12 years to experience spirituality or to experience connection. I appreciate that yeah. you also don't have to take a vow of poverty and give yes. up your love for going to Nordstrom's or, yeah. or any of the things that actually help sustain your experience of joy. Right. I mean, joy is an, it's an inner volition when you connect mm-hmm. to yourself. And those things called materialism aren't going to bring you joy. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. going to bring you happiness, but they become an extension of that state of being. Right. And as mm-hmm. conscious beings, we're here to create an experience. And mm-hmm. and there's so much shitting and judgment and mm-hmm. and, um, and I'll never forget, I was teaching a seminar, it was a really big seminar, and I was mm-hmm. wearing some nice Italian boots because I'd just come back from Italy. You've yeah. got to get black leather boots Definitely. when you're in Italy. Like, there's no VAT tax, and yeah. I mean... <laughs> and um, and somebody wrote on the feedback form that uh, I'm not spiritual enough because I wore black leather boots in the middle of winter in Seattle, Washington. Right? How dare you? And um, and so I just took uh, I just decided to commit to wearing boots yeah. every single time the temperature drops below 50 degrees, yeah. and that is my signature for hey, I get to define what spirituality is for me, and yes. and spirituality is not another form of religion and the Mm -hmm. whole essence of spirituality is that spirituality is woven and imbued through absolutely everything and that includes your black leather boots yes well one of the most spiritual experiences i've ever had is through a shopping spree (laughs) (laughs) half joking but half serious yeah no it is because you know it is experiencing certain levels of your life that maybe you want to experience that frequency or that vibration or that field you know and want to experience certain things and maybe to get you to the next level you have to go through certain physical motions of it um to to yeah. get you to that level and yeah. we are in the physical plane so why you know shun yourself from experiencing all that is physical while you're here you know it's not you, you sh- I guess shouldn't feel guilty about it you know there's a little level of guilt and shame surrounding it I agree and I think where we uh, trip ourselves up is when we start to identify closely with 
our things or yes. the shopping mm-hmm. becomes an addiction as a distraction yeah. where we're, right. we're not going to feel good about ourselves unless we get the, you know, designer jeans mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Like right. it's high right. school mentality, right? Definitely. Yeah, I can't go to school on Friday if my jeans are yeah. not <laughs> right. Gloria, yes. whatever. Yeah. And, so, and so it's the degree of identification. Whereas yeah. it's like, you're okay whether you're wearing flip flops or designer yep. leather boots and, mm-hmm. you know, flip flops are my other favorite, yes. right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, it's not what we have, it's who we are. And then what we have can be an extension and an expression yes. of that from a framework of completion. We don't need yes. that to be complete. That exactly. is a perfect explanation. And there's definitely yes. a difference between authentic spending authentic experience of of these physical things and mm-hmm. then just doing it because you can yes. feel the difference oh yeah yes. you feel oh, yeah. crappy when you mm-hmm. go on a mindless spree yes. because you're to nervous about a you know a right. situation that you're going to step into and so mm-hmm. you need to have the right outfit instead of the right sense of self mm-hmm. exactly totally this another thing that came to mind was we were kind of getting into the experience of connection and being very connected in order to receive like some of this information. And so even though we're talking about integrating a lot of these fields into our everyday life, is there something that you do um, personally to connect and to like a practical practice that brings you into that sense of self and centeredness? I think it's, um, a sense of because they're with me all the time but even mm-hmm. they're with me all the time I forget I'll sit there and I'll be ruminating an old habit uh, mm-hmm. over something and I forget that I have all of the resources that I need in order yeah. to change up my experience of something mm-hmm. um, I think it really goes back to an embodied presence of, of bringing myself back into my heart because the heart is this portal into uh, our own innate intelligence and it's access to having all of the answers and everything that we need to know in order to create an extraordinary life. So probably my most practical uh, go-to is just bringing it back to self, bringing it back to me. And that's the other thing. Um, You know, a lot of times there'll be things happening in my life or happening at the collective, and it's really easy to feel pummeled by what appears to be happening out there. I mean, look at current Mm -hmm. world events, like... Like things are pretty much chaotic right now. They're yeah. they're unraveling and reconfiguring into something different, and it's really easy to get afraid. Yeah. And so bringing it back to myself, um, bringing it back to that inner fulcrum of grace and that inner fulcrum of true authentic power um, can really change the experience of what is even being reflected at the level of the collective um, Mm -hmm. because everything is interconnected so if something's happening at the collective level and you have a charge about it and and you want to go up against it and fix it well then it's also playing out personally Uh, Mm -hmm. you know look at look at what's happening right now with um, you know all the bigotry that's coming front and center in the United States now it's always been here right Right. but now it's coming front and center and 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 I like to invite people to take a look where are you a bigot in your own life where Mm -hmm. are you discriminating against yourself like we are our own worst bigots where we are we are actually prejudiced against ourselves and then we out loop that into the collective Mm -hmm. what we tend to do is go oh it's them it's the other groups well they are we at the mm-hmm. level of the unified field, it's it's unity consciousness, even though we're all individuals here to show the universe something it's never seen before. So you want to start changing what's being reflected out there. Change what you're projecting from within. 
That's so awesome. Cool message. That and is so, so necessary. Yeah. Because when we don't, and we were talking about this before the podcast, when we don't know what to do, we're often inspired to fall into someone saying, well, here's what you do. And as soon as we say yes to someone else giving us the answer, we stop that level of creation in ourselves to create that new experience of what this individual unit has come into this world to do and express. And exactly what you're teaching is exactly the opportunity to do that, right? I agree, yes. And one of the things I talk about in The Integrity Effect, my latest book is um, how we're, we're at a point in time for humanity where we've never been before you know whether we're talking about scientifically how we're getting bombarded with more um, photons Mm -hmm. or we're just talking about uh, where we're traveling through the universe we're talking about events that are that are happening as current events and if we follow old maps the old ways of doing things we're going to create more of the same and these Mm -hmm. are these are outmoded maps it's like it's like uh having the wrong uh satellite program on your gps and then you know thinking that you're going to go in one location and 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 it takes you somewhere else because it's an old map even though the terrain has changed so i talk about creating new heart prints because our heart is like an updated gps it's Mm -hmm. always calibrating to what's happening now, but really the eternal now. So it has access to the past and it even has access to future possibilities and, mm-hmm. and probabilities. And it's, it's kind of easier said than done because it's so much easier to follow someone else's recipe, but that's almost a form of self-betrayal mm-hmm. where you just, you cop out, you think you don't have the answers. And so someone else surely knows better than I do. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and th- that can be helpful. Everyone mm-hmm. can be a guide for everyone else. But at a certain point, when you rely on that placeholder as the guide to be the end all be all, you put them on a pedestal, they're going to fall off. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. And then we feel betrayed. But really, we betrayed ourselves. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I know. So much good information. I, I am something, one other thing. It's just going to keep happening. <laughs> yeah. So we're going we're gonna <laughs> to talk for like forever. Um, but something that you were saying was kind of re- putting me in the place of, of my life, which I'm in now, which I am connecting to a lot of other people who are um, kind of at a young adult stage where they're recognizing that what they're doing may not be working and they want to create a new reality and these new tools of connecting them to themselves are just starting to come in but there's still a sense of I don't know what to do and I don't know what I don't want to do and so being in that place um, can sometimes make you feel uneasy because we have all these constructs of you know as a 30 year old or whatever you're supposed to be working and and operating continuously but there you know imagine being yourself when you were at that place where you knew you didn't want to be a part of the pharmaceutical industry anymore but you had to be quite aware in your environment to know that you needed to go to a particular doctor that you needed to go to a particular seminar and so speaking to people who are kind of in that place what is something that you could give to them well, the the word I hear is trust. And that mm-hmm. is so hard because when you think that you don't know what to do, then what are you supposed to put your trust in? You know, like, mm-hmm. and, 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 but that's, 
when you don't know what to do next, that's the perfect time to trust. Mm -hmm. That's the time to actually trust that maybe consciously you don't know what to do next, but some part of your awareness does indeed know what to do. And so give yourself permission, first of all, to stop pretending that you've got it all together and that you do know. I mean, I had to get hit by a double-decker red bus (laughs) in order to actually cascade me onto a different path. Like, like, you don't need to take it to that extreme, right? right? You don't need to deliberate over the pirouette for 15 minutes before you actually spin yourself in a new direction. Yeah. So I would say to anyone be okay with where you are. Be okay with not knowing because the moment we open into not knowing, we're opening into everything that falls outside of the little inkling of the stuff that we think we do now. That's mm-hmm. when we open into our own infinite potential. And so not knowing is not a disempowered place to be. Not knowing is um, giving you access to everything that spans beyond the old maps that you've been following. And mm-hmm. so if you can trust yourself enough to be okay with not knowing, you will begin to be shown which direction to um, to spin. Because what ends up happening when we sort of when we when we move into a realm of trust, and trust to me is not um, having faith. Trust mm-hmm. is is connection. Okay, so give yourself permission to connect to just something. It might be something that we've said today on this call. Just, Mm -hmm. just if it if it intrigues you, if you feel curious, if you feel like excited about something that you've never felt excited about before, Mm -hmm. pay attention to that, or as I like to say, play attention. Mm -hmm. Because what ends up happening (laughs) is when you start listening and playing attention and trusting, then Mm -hmm. all of the universe begins to show you these placeholders that serve as like cues or signals. All right, make a left turn here. Okay, go straight here, turn right here. I don't really know why I need to go to San Diego, but I do. Right. right there, there mm-hmm. are these. Um, there's this sort of knowing without knowing how you know mm-hmm. that defies logic. That's intuition. That's the right. language of your heart. Mm-hmm. And so, what we, when we're dissatisfied with where we are in our lives, we think there's something wrong. Instead of recognizing that's our intuition getting our attention. Mm-hmm. Right. So pay attention to that, and and just sit with it and allow it. Don't deny it and don't shun it and don't think there's something wrong with you. There's something yeah. very right with you. That's awesome. Yes. I feel like a different person after this conversation. I really do. Um, moving around a lot on this trip, going from city to city, and also having dealt with a lot um, in Louisiana right before I left, I feel very peaceful being in this present state knowing that yes a lot is about to happen a lot is changing you know a lot of what is happening in the world is reflecting on me in terms of of business and and relationships and and friendships and all those things but it's all for a reorganization from a and I now feel that I'm in a place where I can experience it from a very authentic self and so that feels good and even though I know nothing I feel okay knowing nothing. Right. I do. I feel different from this conversation. I feel really good. I mm-hmm. feel physically actually very different as well. Do you, are you experiencing anything? Yeah, I feel, I feel high. <laughs> I have no other way to describe it. I feel like actually high. 
So you always get to feel feel high. good. Yep. I'm always like. Do we need to go find some weed? You're like, please get me high. (laughs) And that's why I'm like, I can't handle anything right now because I'm perpetually high. So, yeah. (laughs) Not not from from a substance, but just, you know, know. high off of life. We know. (laughs) We know your your term. Self-substance. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I think that that was a really good description of Mm -hmm. connection and and internal um, groundedness. And so what a lot of our listeners reach out to us requesting is information on whether or not the intuition that they're being given and the guidance that they're being given can always be trusted to be of their highest good. We get that question a lot, and I'm interested to see your your Well, I think it depends upon what your definition of highest good is. Um, And we've Mm -hmm. got a lot of limited notions around that. Um, One of the ways that I will that I will talk about it in the MJOY teachings is there's a difference between having horizontal perspective, mm-hmm. vertical perspective, or spherical awareness, which integrates horizontal and vertical perspective. Like horizontal perspective is, mm, I'm looking at what's happening on the surface of three-dimensional reality and everything's falling apart. Right. right? And mm-hmm. vertical perspective would look at Um, how our traditional paradigms are starting to unravel and all of the Mm -hmm. surrogate power structures that we've always relied upon are um, reconfiguring into something different. And Mm -hmm. what the spherical perspective enables you to begin to do is you recognize like highest good, it's always going to almost be something that evades you and it implies lowest good. It it implies, it it puts a human value on it. And Mm -hmm. so... Well, it polarizes. It polarizes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And um, and it can be very confusing as human beings because mm-hmm. let's say you get an intuitive hit and you determine it's viable information um, that's for your highest good, and then you get cancer. <laughs> then all of a sudden you're confused because, wait a minute, does that mean cancer's for my highest good? And it's like every experience that we have is useful. Yeah. Every experience is an opportunity for making distinctions. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you remove the second part around highest good and you just allow it to be, I'm going to trust my knowing without knowing how I know because I'm able to calibrate far more information with my intuition than my logical mind can tangibly access, then Mm -hmm. every single outcome is for your total well-being. And that totality includes highest good, lowest good. These are all judgments. These are human judgments. So when we're really connecting and we're connecting to a place of, um, we're connecting for ourselves so it's just I'm just wondering and I'm I'm think I'm wondering for our listeners because I think that they would maybe be asking are we always getting the individual information or are we sometimes influenced by outside information um yes and yes and yes and yes and yes (laughs) because there the individual is an extension of the all Mm -hmm. and so you know, it's kind of like, well, there's universal truths and then there's personal truths, but those mm-hmm. personal truths are extended to, to the universe. And so, so really the answer is yes and no, because, um, uh, well, I'm going to go, I'll answer it a different way. Okay. So like people get into channeling, right? And they like to mm-hmm. listen to channels and yes. every single channel 
is always going to have the individual channeler's perceptual biases interpreting the information. So it's kind of like you've got a universal satellite receiver and you tune in to the uh, blue cheese moon channel, right? And you get this <laughs> channel from the blue cheese moon that's going to have universal information um, but it's going to be applicable to, and it's going to be based on the perceptual biases of that channeler. So if that channeler like maybe came from um, a Christian upbringing and they learned about uh, good and evil and angels and devils, then mm -hmm. you're going to hear that infiltrated into the information. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sharing that so that you realize when, and you can, you can even direct the information that you receive. Like you could ask for, all right, I would like something that's going to be personally applicable to me. Right. However, when it's personally applicable to you, you mm -hmm. are not operating in a vacuum, even though all the information comes from the vacuum. Yeah. So whatever you're downloading that's personally applicable to you will also be applicable to the collective. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of means it doesn't really matter which way you go. Yeah. Okay. The question becomes, what do you do with the information? Okay. And mm -hmm. what I always tell people is, if it doesn't feel right and mm -hmm. true for you, then don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Because there's some part of you that it, we're hardwired for the integrity effect. We mm -hmm. are hardwired for truth. We get those truth bumps. We mm -hmm. know when something feels right. And if it puts you into fear, mm -hmm. it's probably not viable information. Right. Did That's I answer good. your question? It was a roundabout way of answering it. Yes, I, I think, think so. that was yeah, a very good definitely. answer. Definitely. Because I don't personally, honestly, have that experience where I feel connected and I'm confused where the information's coming from. Right. But other people have reached out to me, so I've tried to put myself in into that situation. And I do wonder if maybe there's just, you know, there's something clouding the the true, the, the channel itself. Or if... Um, maybe they're not in tune enough to know the difference between what feels good and what doesn't for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could even take the flip side of that, which is, um, a lot of times people don't want to step into acknowledging that they have all of the answers. So they will outloop it on the need to channel information and mm -hmm. then, um, they'll blame, you know, Archangel Zimbabwe. <laughs> That's right? a really good point, Melissa. <laughs> right. That's a really right? good point. And they'll yeah. say, well, the guides told me to do that. Yeah. And it's right. like, wait a minute, you're your own GPS. Yes. And, and you know, whether you outloop it in a holographic projection called something else mm -hmm. outside of yeah. me, yeah. and I'm downloading the information, it's still you. Yeah. Sheena and I have talked about that a lot. We were like, gosh, it would be so much easier if we could just channel something and not take responsibility for what we're saying. <laughs> and we've talked about that because we're like, somebody throw us a bone. <laughs> because right. sometimes, you know, speaking, speaking authentically, it's going to bring up stuff for people. So if, if we're having to deal with quote unquote backlash, it really is you know, we're not oh, yeah. feeling yeah. responsible for we, it. We're but. in this situation the, like a few weeks ago where yeah. someone emailed me. Um, she received an email she really wasn't supposed to receive. And then she responded to me, um, you know, that she was quite angry. And it was my in immediate instinct to just make her feel better about the situation and say, oh, you know, that wasn't intended for you. It, I didn't mean it. Like no one meant to say that or, you know, mm -hmm. and <laughs> you really challenged me to say, be authentic and say how you feel in the situation, which yeah. was that, you know, this is 
not a topic that we need to discuss any further. You know how I feel. Not, it wasn't putting a bandaid on it. It wasn't being rude or ugly. Mm -hmm. I was just very clearly stating the truth. Mm -hmm. And that felt so much better than saying, okay, like there's an exterior reason why I'm doing it this way. Well, it feels good to take responsibility for what you're saying, but not taking responsibility for how another person receives what you're saying or taking responsibility for how they feel. Absolutely. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine if we were responsible for how everyone else felt? We couldn't oh, do anything. It's terrible. We wouldn't be. Able I, to. And I've felt that. Yeah. For a long and time. I, I used to feel yeah. that when I first started teaching seminars because yeah. I feel everybody's stuff. Yep. You know, this is the whole empath victim mentality. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I'd have to fix them, and then I'd be like, at the end of the day, I'd want to be suicidal. Yeah. And, right. And or if um if I would trigger someone during an authentic yep. teaching mm-hmm. that I was channeling, but I've so integrated my channel that it's just me. Yes. Yes. Um, and I had to get really okay with, I'm not responsible for your experience. Mm-hmm. I am responsible for being authentic in my own experience yes. and being respectful to mm-hmm. what moves through me. Um, and that's a hard one, particularly yeah. as women, right? Yes. We're, we're the like, yes. oh, I'm going to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. It's not our job to make everything okay. And what was beautiful about the example you gave, even if it was an accidental email sent to the wrong person whom it was about, um, <laughs> is that exactly um, what, it was. What, yep. you di- what you did by owning the experience is you gave her the opportunity to start owning the way she was behaving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is the integrity effect. Like that yes. is so awesome. So I love it when people come to my seminars and they get all pissed off at me. Yes. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Like project all you want on me. I'm yeah. okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be okay? It's yeah. bringing up stuff for them to look at about themselves. And I think that is part of the healing process. You know, even though people are like trying to make us responsible for bringing up that trigger for them and we're just holding space for all those lower things to come up for them to look at and transition into integrating all of that into their life. Well, what people often forget is is as long as someone else is the reason that you feel miserable or triggered or you're suffering, mm-hmm. then that other person also contains the key to your joy and your personal power. Boom. Definitely. Cool. And that's a yep. reclamation we're celebrating. Yes. Take mm-hmm. it back to you. Yes. yes. Own it. That's awesome. How do you see that people transition from one perspective to the other? What's usually that precipice for change? Doing a pirouette on stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's always but the pirouette we must specify must be to the right. Yes. Left handed pirouettes, right. that's negantropic. And yeah. that actually that doesn't exactly. create change. And I don't die to the right, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I I do some exercises, I call it practical play, but in, mm-hmm. in the live seminars and I even did this, I think, in chapter 10 of The Integrity Effect, mm-hmm. um, where I teach about occupying multiple perspectives simultaneously. And that's one of the easiest ways to begin to change your perspective, mm-hmm. where you get to keep your perspective, because how dare me try to take away from you your, I don't right. want to change, I'm perfect, and right. don't look at all the junk in my backpack. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so giving permission to people to keep their perspective. Mm-hmm. And then... 
giving them access to other perspectives simultaneously, then it Mm -hmm. becomes like flow. Mm -hmm. And then it's, all right, so I was here, and then all of a sudden, I'm over here, and I've got a completely different angle of awareness. And I teach it like the physics of hologramming, but it's really as simple as um, if we were all on, um, and this is classic psychology study, if we were Mm -hmm. all um, at a different uh, angle of the intersection during a car accident, we would all have a different perspective based on our angle of awareness definitely well what if you had cameras in all angles and you had a camera up above and you could actually see the entire scenario from multiple perspectives Mm. well then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you've expanded your vantage point you've lifted your perceptual biases Mm -hmm. you've you've put on different goggles so Mm -hmm. to speak and it's it becomes natural and organic that's cool very cool so play around with occupying multiple perspectives or read the integrity effect and figure out how to do it yourself. This is true? Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, the integrity effect, uh, while it doesn't specifically talk about the fields that I wrote about in Little Book of Big Potentials, mm-hmm. they're all woven into the integrity effect in a language that would appeal to anyone kind of mainstream. Like I sort mm-hmm. of went to, what would I have wanted to have known at 15, 25, 35, even 45. Mm-hmm. And, and how would having this information have changed the way that I related to myself and that I related to other people? So I kind of wrote it um, from the standpoint of, if only I had known this back then, and I'm glad I didn't because I wouldn't have learned it so I could write about it. Right. But um, it's really written in a way where you can get clear on your true authentic self, living from the heart, what's other people's emotions versus your emotions, what's happening at the collective. Mm-hmm. And it gives you some really practical ways to experience your reality in a different way. And then if you want to blow your mind, get Little Book of Big Potentials and just start playing in the fields. Definitely. Yes. And just so everyone knows, if you're driving, please don't write this down because there (laughs) we will have all of Melissa's contact information, Mm -hmm. all of her book titles, her website and links to her seminar pages and her YouTube on the show notes. So you can just click on it from the episode to get there immediately. Um, I had one more question, but I think that I lost it. Do you have the question? Well, I don't know, but I don't know why I'm getting to say this. This happens all the time. But going off of, I think there needs to be some practicality to what Melissa just said about uh, surrounding the vantage point, expanding the vantage point. Um, For instance, I don't know why I'm saying this, but in college, I was trying to support uh, non-organic foods and I had to research that and my that was my belief was non-organic foods are there no different between you know there's no difference between non-organic foods and organic foods so I fought my paper was on fighting for supporting non-organic foods and that there's no difference and during that process I started looking at wait a second this feels weird you know and I wasn't expecting that to come of it, even though I was trying to support uh, that there's no difference. I started seeing, wait, there might be a difference. And then even though all of the research was supporting that there's no difference, there's no difference. I start, I bought organic strawberries and bit into it, something that I've always been quote unquote allergic to and had no reaction. And so I was like, my reality is very different from what this research is is showing me. And so that changed my perspective when I started kind of dabbling in um, 
in researching things a little bit more, you start kind of evolving and seeing little like uh, breadcrumbs into um, starting to change your perspective surrounding certain things. So well, don't be and, afraid to yeah, dive why into you things. say that, Melissa. <laughs> I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one know. step further without uh, putting forth my opinion yeah. around organic or inorganic. And yeah. it's so funny because during my um, this is really funny. I didn't even realize this till now. During my transition from pharmaceuticals to what the frick am I going to do next, mm-hmm. I actually uh, invested in a company and sold organic strawberries. Oh, my um, God. That's so I, why I'm saying so this. <laughs> they're called Mar de Bois. They're like this really special little tiny. And strawberries, particularly, their pores mm-hmm. are on the outside. Right. And so organic strawberries, are. it's important because all of the, the like, Literally, they're sponges for the chemicals. But anyway, but here I'm going to go one step further, though. With all that being said, Mm -hmm. um, there are multiple perspectives, multiple angles of awareness, and Mm -hmm. it's less important what's ultimately true. Yeah, and it's more important is what are you truly congruent with? Because the level of congruence that you have with your choices matters more than the actual choices that you make. Yes. So if you Mm -hmm. are 100% congruent that Um, eating a Big Mac, filet of fish quarter pounder, and french fries for lunch from McDonald's is healthy for you. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a very long time for your body to catch up with the fact that that isn't true because you're congruent. This is why some people, and I am not a proponent of smoking, but Mm -hmm. some people can be so congruent with smoking that they can smoke until they're 85 years old and Mm -hmm. never get cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really, reality is really not as hard cut and dry definitive mm-hmm. and, and being able to occupy multiple perspectives simultaneously, recognizing all those perspectives, all those angles of awareness mm-hmm. are connected to that unity consciousness that has no angles of awareness because mm-hmm. it's just all stuff that's all available. Right. Um, then you get, to, then you get to choose where you want to resonate. Mm-hmm. That's what needed to be said. Yeah. Okay. Boom. That, that's why. It's You're all about awesome, the strawberries. Melissa. Yeah, it's, it's the strawberries. <laughs> There's so much information and so much energy and so many frequencies contained into this podcast that people are going to have to listen to it multiple times yes. to really have an understanding mm-hmm. of what it means for their life. And mm-hmm. I think that to our listeners, if there's something that really resonates with you, Melissa is an amazing source for more of this information to be described, defined, interacted with uh, via some of the channels that we mentioned earlier that we'll have on the show notes that you can just access immediately. Um, and then you've also referenced to many other ways to for people to just connect to themselves. So whatever feels right is always what is at least your next step. And so I think that's mm-hmm. a great place for us to end. I'm so thankful that you were here, Melissa. What an amazing yes. introduction to you. I hope that many of our listeners get to experience you on another level. And um, so thank you. Thank you yes. for being well, thank here. Thank you both. I love you both and appreciate what you're doing. And uh, and I just feel like you're, you're part of my tribe. So it's yeah. been really an honor. And um, I feel like we could have talked for... 72 hours and we yep. would have listeners sleeping but we would be having a good <laughs> exactly. time yeah. so, so I really yeah. appreciate it and would love to meet a lot of your uh, listeners at a live seminar uh, yeah. come out to San Diego October 14th and 15th oh, teaching oh, MJOY Integrative that's oh, for cool. you too that's oh, for everyone nice. I see you coming back here coming out oh for yeah. sure it's happening yeah San yes. Diego I love by the way <laughs> I love it a lot so yes we will be back <laughs> Thanks, Melissa.
Thank you guys. Have a great week.